0: We have been in this series for the last few weeks called All Together Now. And we decided, hey, what would it look like for us as a church to take steps forward in our faith, uh, in our understanding of who God is, um, in our own personal journey, what would it look like for us to take steps together? Sometimes it can be scary to do things on our own. Sometimes we can feel intimidated. And, and so we said, hey, let's do this together. And it's not just here at Southfields Hills Costa Mesa. We've been doing this at all of our campuses. And the first week we talked about what would it look like to step into serving. Uh, and uh, we invited and challenged everybody to sign up in the month of October, do something uh, on, the Sunday, on a Sunday in the month of October as we go into family month and what that looks like. Like uh, the second week we talked about um, what, what would it look like for us to all take a step together in um, generosity and learning what it feels like to be generous to give kind of radically and maybe sacrificially of ourselves of what we have and to give that to others and uh, we wanted to practice this, and we know that sometimes people can be nervous about what that looks like to, to give to a church, and maybe that 's something that you 're not ready to do yet and so we said hey, let 's find an organization and so Feed One is an organization that feeds kids around the world that don't have access to food. And and we said, what would it look like for you to give to help feed as many kids as possible? It's $120 to feed one kid for a year. And so we just kind of left it up to you guys, and this church, uh, South Hills Costa Mesa, was able to raise over $15,000, uh, which is going to go to feeding, So uh, I think it's like 127, 130 kids, uh, and then South Hills as a whole raised over $40,000, which is about 345 kids that are going to have access to healthy, safe food for the next year, um, and 345 kids is a lot. I have two, and I feel like that's a lot, um, but just to put it in perspe- uh, perspective, some of our local schools have about 350 to 400 kids enrolled in the school. So that's an entire school's worth of kids that are going to have access to food for the next year uh, because of your generosity. Last week, we talked about um, the power of invitation and power of creating a church and a, a community where people can be accepted as they are for who they are um, and step into that without a, a fear of judgment or a fear of being an outsider. Um, and then uh, we're going to wrap it up this week. Um, it's about six or seven weeks into the school year, I guess. So my kids, I've got a 10-year-old and I've got a six-year-old, kindergarten and fifth grade. And uh, they're starting to make more friends and come home with more stories of the people they're interacting with and the kids and things like that. And, and um, this week, my 10-year-old came home and he said, you know, um, my friend in school, she left a jar of water out overnight and the moon changed the water to be blue. And I said... Uh Uh-huh. And he said, so I want to try it. I'm like, well, in my head in that moment of like, okay, how do I, like, should I say like, oh, I don't know if the moon has those powers uh, or should I just let him try it or what? And so I said, well, we can for sure try it, uh, but I'm not sure that the moon alone will change the color of the water. Uh, And he's like, well, I want to try it. he's like, she said it turned blue. I'm like, okay. So we get a jar of water and he's like, well, I I don't want to wait till tonight So um, I want to leave it out during the day, and maybe the sun will turn it yellow. And I said, "Uh huh." Uh, (laughs) And uh, maybe he's learning things that I haven't learned yet. And so, uh, sure enough, in the morning before I take him to school, he gets a jar, a mason jar, and he puts the lid on it and puts it on our patio, and um, just right where the sun hits it all day long. And uh, and I take him to school. I come back home, getting ready. I'm kind of running late for meetings. And so I'm rushing out the door and everybody has left. My wife's gone. Everybody's gone. I see that jar on the table and I was like, you know what? I'm going to be awesome. I'm going to pull like a, a real tooth fairy situation on this jar of water. So I find a yellow food coloring and I put a couple drops in the jar of water and shake it up. And I'm like, this is so great. And I go to work. I'm gone. I've got meetings all day, the whole thing. And I don't get home until probably about six o'clock. And I walk in, he's upstairs. And I walk in and catching up with my wife. And I was like, um, whatever happened with that jar of water? And she's like, you won't believe it. It turned yellow. <laughs> I was like, oh, did it? And she's like, yeah. She's like, I didn't know it would do that. I was like, you did it? She's like, he his mind was blown. He was so excited. He's like, I told Dad it would turn yellow, and, and I can't believe it turned yellow. And I was like, uh huh. And she a, finally she started to realize. Like, did you do something to it? I was like, Yeah, I did something to it. <laughs> uh, and uh, and she's like he told everybody. He told his uncle. He told like calling people, showing them videos. And I was like, oh, that's hilarious. And all of the adults thought that the sun changed it to yellow. I just want to click. And uh, she's like, well, you really did it because it's in his backpack. He's taking it to school tomorrow to show all of his friends. Yeah. And I said, I didn't think that one through very well. So I went upstairs and buddy, I need to talk to you. And he's like, yeah, dad. You, usually he thinks he's in trouble and I'm the one that's like, I really, I messed up. I thought it would be kind of fun. I just kind of thought it would be this thing for us. Like, I didn't realize you were going to take it to school. And it's like, I'm so sorry. And he was like, pretty upset and ended up finding the grace to forgive me. Uh, and uh, at the end, he's like, you know, it would have changed color if you didn't do that. And I was like, <laughs> no, it wouldn't have. <laughs> it was like heartbreaking. But there's you know this moment, it was like, well, bud, like, there's nothing in that water that's that magical. There's nothing in that water that's going to change the color of it. Uh, and that's not how that works that I know of. I'm not the smartest person in the world, but uh, anyways, we left it out and it didn't change color and we're all past it now. But today we're talking about um, how to be a bad father. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, today we're talking about baptism. We have this baptismal tank up here. A lot of you guys are familiar with baptism. Some of you guys have been baptized before, and uh, it's not the tank that matters, and it's not the water that matters. There's nothing magical about the water that's in this tank, although it's Costa Mesa water and it's delicious. Uh, we heated it this morning, uh, so it's warm, uh, but uh, there's nothing magical or special about what makes this water. Uh, be a baptismal tank, and that's what we're going to be talking about. And there's really kind of two things. I know that we have a lot of guests here, we have a lot of regulars, we have people that have been baptized. There's people in this room that I have baptized. Uh, there's people that may have not been baptized. And so, what we're going to talk about today is is what's what's the deal with baptism, and what does it look like for us to uh, take one of two steps. The first step is if you haven't been baptized. I really hope that you will today. Uh, That's why we heated the water. Uh, We have towels and we have other clothes that you can, like, t-shirts and things like that that you can change into. Um, and if you haven't taken that step, I, I just want you to know that that's, a, that's an option for you. This morning at our, our earlier service, we had someone that decided that they wanted to get baptized. And uh, it's so cool. They've been a part of our church for a long time now, and she was baptized when she was a child, and she just is now it's been, she said, 50 years. And uh, and she wanted to kind of mark this as an adult, uh, this moment. And and so we got her towels and shirts and the whole thing, and it was a really incredible thing. And so I want to say, if, if you feel feel something in your heart today if you feel like you're being moved to take this step, I hope that you will today. You won't be the first person today to get baptized that wasn't planning on it, and you won't be the first person ever to get baptized. There's a lot of people that have taken that step that didn't necessarily plan on it on that day. So that's my first kind of hope. The second step, the second hope that I have for you is that if you have been baptized, I hope that we get to talk about this and it reminds you, or maybe it helps teach you for the first time of why baptism matters. What is the point of it Is there something magical about this water? Is there something powerful that happens? Is is there something? What's the why? Why is this matter? And how can we be reminded of that moment together? So, kind of two different perspectives here. Um, you know, when we hear the word baptism, and if you're reading the scriptures, the Bible, and you see this word baptism, um, we always associate it with uh, people being dunked in water. In my mind, they're always wearing white robes because, you know, uh, that's what you do. Uh, not here. We don't have white robes. But um, that's kind of the way. It's always baptism, spiritual reverence, uh, depth. It's, it's this, it carries all of this weight. Um, but the word baptism is actually not specifically related to this spiritual uh, act, this, this thing that we have come to be familiar with. I'm going to teach you guys a little bit today. It's Teacher Appreciation Sunday, so I'll teach everybody except for John Mark, who already probably knows this. But the word baptism, it comes from a Greek word, baptizo. Everybody say that together. Baptizo. You could say it kind of like with an Italian flair. Baptizo. That's No, it's Greek. Okay, that's it on the left. Uh, Baptism is what it's translated to in the scriptures. Whenever you see the word baptism, it's this Greek word. The New Testament, the second half of the Bible, was primarily written in Greek and then translated into English. But this word baptizo, it wasn't translated. Uh, It was uh, a transliteration Again, I know you're fascinated, but basically they took the Greek letters and they converted those to English letters. So B or beta into B, alpha into A, pi into P. Does that, is everybody tracking so far? Great. We can bring the Coach Taylor pictures back up at any time. Uh, so this is a, a word that has been in use and in existence forever, Uh, The definition of baptism isn't what we picture with someone being dunked underwater. That is something that has become a a process and an important part of the ceremony. The definition of this Greek word baptizo means to dip, to immerse, to plunge, or soak This word in in, uh, ancient writings was used to talk about how people would wash dishes. They would baptize the dishes. Uh, It was used to talk about when people would dye cloths, different color. They would immerse and soak it in a dye. It was used when people would talk about battles and ships that had uh, sank in the water. They were plunged, baptized into the depths of the water. And actually, uh, fascinating thing, 200 years before Jesus was born, 200 BC, uh, there was a poet who wrote a recipe, and he used this word baptize uh, in a very unique way, no robes involved. This recipe by um, Nykander, uh was a recipe for pickles. How many of you guys like pickles? Freaks, all of you. <laughs> I only like them if they're fried in batter. Uh, so, um, no, I grew up in the South, so we eat bread and butter pickles, uh, but nobody in California likes bread and butter pickles. So uh, one person. Uh, I like it. So, uh, but he wrote this recipe, and in the recipe, he is writing in Greek, and he says, first you bapto, or dip, the vegetable in boiling water, and then you baptizo it in vinegar. So today, I thought to be as accurate as possible, we filled this with vinegar. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I said uh, but he talks about this idea of there's this process of dipping but then the second the baptism is this process of being changed because you guys know pickles are were once cucumbers They're not cucumbers anymore. They're pickles. There's a transformation. Something inherently changes in what they are, and we interact with them differently. They taste different, bad usually. Uh, There's all these different aspects of pickles. And so this idea of baptism, it's important for us to recognize that this word, it has this uh, history that's far beyond maybe what you've seen in a movie or what you've experienced in a church growing up. It's an important thing. Jesus... And uh, some of his last words to his disciples—a a very famous collection of verses. Maybe most famous would be John three sixteen, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son." Uh, and I think this might be the second most famous. It's called the Great Commission in a lot of ways, uh, a lot of places. In Matthew twenty eight, it says, "Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them." Or Plunging them or washing them, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Now, throughout the scriptures, throughout the Bible, there's a lot of verses that talk about baptism. They talk about how important it is. They tell stories about people that believed in Jesus and then they just immediately went and they got baptized. There's examples of how it's been done and and, and all kinds of powerful things. Everyone uh, in Christianity believes that Jesus wants us to get baptized because he says it in Matthew 28. Everybody agrees this is an important thing. And that's where everybody stops agreeing. And then in how people get baptized what age people get baptized, if it's in vinegar or water, just kidding, Uh, if it's sprinkling or immersion, if they're children or adults, there's um, different things that you should say or shouldn't say. This is where churches and people around the world, they all have kind of different perspectives. And so I want to just talk today about why it's important that we get baptized and what it symbolizes, what we believe here at South Hills. I want you to know if you haven't gotten baptized, so you can take that step. And I want you to be reminded of what it means to you. Um, You know, one of the things that I think is important for us to remember is that our views on baptism generally have to do with the church that we grew up in, or maybe the first church that we went to. I grew up in a United Methodist church. Uh, It was, um, Very different than this. Uh, There was an organ, and on the fun Sundays, they would also have a piano. Uh, and there were white robes. And baptisms were done as infants, and uh, children were sprinkled. Uh, They just kind of sprinkled water, and that's what happened with me. I was a ginormous baby, and uh, I was wearing a white, flowy robe, and they sprinkled water on my head. And my parents did that because that's the tradition that they grew up in. And as I grew older, I went to other churches, and I experienced different things, and I'll share a little bit more about that at the end. But you may have grown up in a church or a tradition, and so that shaped the way that you understand baptism is supposed to look. And even then, when you go and you read the scriptures, you still kind of read the scriptures through that lens of, well, this is how I think it's supposed to be done. And so this is obviously what it means. But there's differences. Some people believe that baptism is, is just symbolic, that there's nothing actually happens it 's just symbolic. some people believe that uh, there is a spiritual thing that happens uh, when you get baptized. Some people believe that you can 't be saved unless you are baptized and that 's uh, a lot of people that believe that are uh, the, the, tend to be big fans of uh, baptizing infants because you know, if my kid's anything like I was, he needs as much help as possible to uh, to make it into heaven. You know, so there's a lot of different beliefs. And again, immersion or sprinkling, there's all kinds of different things. But what I really want to talk about and what I want us to understand is that it's not magical water and it's not really even a word or a phrase that we say. There's a spiritual reality. There's an importance. There's a picture of what's happening. There's a ceremony aspect to it, and it's such a beautiful thing. Just because we don't believe that you have to be baptized in order to be a Christian, it doesn't mean that we don't think that baptism is incredibly important or meaningful. We absolutely do. And that's what we're gonna spend time talking about. In Romans chapter six, if you guys have your Bibles, you can turn there. Um, Romans chapter six, Paul is writing this letter to a church church. Um, and he is uh, kind of articulating some challenges that they have been having. Uh, and uh, it's an interesting thing because when he's trying to talk to them about these struggles that they're having, he, he wants to remind them, hey, don't forget about your baptism and, and we'll get there. But he says this. He, uh, well, I, I skipped the wrong page. He says, what shall then uh, we say? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Now, we don't have time to read kind of the first five chapters, Uh, you're welcome, Uh, but in the beginning, he's talking about this idea that uh, when we sin, when we make mistakes, when we uh, have issues, um, God's grace covers us. And it actually makes God more beautiful that he could continue to love and show us grace, even in our brokenness, even when we screw up. And we get that. Uh, We get that from our spouse, from our friends. When we blow it and they forgive us, there's a sense of, man, you really are incredible. Like, I'm so grateful for that. And So there was a a group of people at this time that actually decided, hey, well, if us making mistakes makes God look better, then we should just do whatever we want and give God all the opportunity. And there was these churches, they were called antinomians, and they were just like, hey, let's just get as crazy as we can for the glory of God. Uh, don't Google it. They don't exist anymore. You can't find those churches. But, uh, but that's what Paul is saying. He said, hey, don't, don't just do all of the things that you used to do That's not the way that this goes. And then he goes on in verse two. He says, By no means, we, saying us, Jesus followers, we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? How can we just go back and say, okay, I'm just going to do this the way I used to? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Verse 11, he says, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Now, there's some words here that For some of you, you may be very familiar. Some of you, this may feel a little bit out of context. And so I kind of just want to say what Paul is saying is that when you put your trust in Jesus and when you get baptized, there's a part of your old self, who you used to be, that no longer has power over you. It doesn't mean that you're perfect because we can't be perfect on this side of eternity, but there's a, there's a freedom. There's a a strength that the Holy Spirit puts inside of us to be able to overcome addictions and brokenness and heal in ways that we want to heal. So our old self is, is, uh, has died. And then when you come out of the water, it represents this new life that we have in Christ. And this new life is full of healing and hope And purpose uh, and, and goodness. And we don't get it right all the time, but we get to experience aspects of that now. Paul's saying, don't just do what you used to do. You got baptized. And so you're in this space where you're starting to recognize, I'm not who I used to be. I've chosen a different way. Throughout history, there've been different moments where God would kind of reaffirm the relationship that he has with his children. Uh, a lot of times these were called covenants. And there were ceremonies that would go alongside these covenants. There was these elaborate ceremonies. There's all kinds of different ones throughout the scriptures. And baptism is this kind of new ceremony that reaffirms this relationship. It says the relationship is different than it used to be. And here's the ceremony that shows what the relationship is. Um, there's a, a correlation here, I think, to uh, weddings. Uh, I tell a lot of wedding stories because I do a lot of weddings. Uh, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, but a wedding ceremony, you don't have to have a wedding ceremony to get married. Um, I just met with a couple yesterday. I'm doing their wedding, and they're like, um, we already got married. It's like whispering. As was like, I don't You know, like you don't have to whisper, you know, Um, but they, you know, they, they legally went and they got married. You don't have to have rings to be a husband or to be a wife. There's this ceremony that goes around with it. And there's this beauty and meaning. And there's this kind of marking of a day when you have a wedding ceremony. There's this marking every year you remember and you celebrate that day that you got married uh, or you forget and you get in trouble. Uh, that every, every You look at your finger and you see the ring that reminds you, oh yeah, I'm deeply in love with this person. I meant that to be more beautiful, not <laughs> laughter, but you know. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm married. Uh, maybe for some of you that's, No. This wedding ceremony points us back to this decision that we made where we said, I'm no longer my own person. I'm committing my life to this person, and we are together forever. I will choose to love them forever. That's what a ceremony represents. You don't have to have the ceremony, but the ceremony is this important marker uh, of this relationship has changed, and I'm committing to live for you in a different way. And I think in so many ways, baptism is a very similar reality to where it's this uh, saying, I recognize that this relationship that I have with Jesus, it's based on the fact that he loved me so much that he gave his life. And the power of God's love Raised him back to life, that he died for me and was resurrected. And that's the basis of this relationship. That is, it's not that I'm good. It's not that I can outsmart my problems or I can fix myself. It's this recognition of, I can't. But there's a God that loves me deeply enough and has enough grace to continue to forgive me. And he invites me to experience healing and wholeness as I'm in that relationship with him. Baptism is this ceremony where we get to remind ourselves of this relationship. We identify with Jesus. We find our identity in Jesus. That's what Paul said, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. We're identifying ourselves and saying, no, I'm not who I used to be. I'm different. I may not always be perfect, but I'm always leaning in that direction. I'm trying to continue to grow. It's not just a dip. It's a soak that I want to continue to change over time and become something different. And I think, you know, earlier I said, you know, for those of us that have uh, been baptized, I want us to be reminded of the meaning and the beauty of this. Uh, And I don't know when the last time you guys went to a wedding was, but one of my favorite parts of a wedding is seeing all of the married folks get emotional as they're watching this couple get married because it reminds them of the decision that they've made, of the vows that they have made, of the commitments. It's this reminder of of, uh, a committed love. It's this reminder of this choice that they made. It's this reminder, this celebration as they watch someone else take this step. It fills them with this deep sense of gratitude uh, for the relationship that they have. Paul says, don't forget, you were baptized into a new life. The old is gone, the new has come. Baptism is a step we take when we believe in Jesus as a way to acknowledge this new life and this new relationship. Um, Now, there's a few things I just kind of want to talk through. I'm going to wrap it up here in just a second. But um, why should you get baptized? There's kind of three reasons we'll talk through. Uh, And this is a very different sermon for those of you that don't normally come here. It's a little bit of a different style than what we normally do. Um, But uh, we do always have pickles on stage. So... Um, Why should you get baptized? The first first reason why we think that everyone that believes in Jesus should get baptized is because it's what we were commanded to do. It's what Jesus wanted us to experience. He modeled it for us himself when he was baptized. And we believe that Jesus wants us to be baptized. And so there's this aspect of, well, if I believe that Jesus is my Lord, if I want to live my life according to what he says, then I I need to obey. Uh, And so we believe very simply that kind of the first reason there is uh, we should get baptized because it's something that Jesus told us to do. The second thing is that it's a celebration. Um, It's a celebration of a number of things, kind of like a a wedding is a celebration of a number of things. It's a celebration of the story of the gospel, the celebration of the fact that God so loved the world that he sent his son for us, who lived a perfect life and sacrificed himself on the cross for our sins. And then through the resurrection, we actually can be healed and made whole again. As Christians, uh, we believe that um, Jesus' sacrifice and the resurrection are really the, the, the linchpin of everything we believe. Paul, in the New Testament, he wrote that if, it's, if the resurrection didn't happen, then all of Christianity is pointless. All of this is meaningless. And so, uh, we believe that we should get baptized because there's a celebration and, and when you're dunked under the water, it's, it's remembering this aspect of, no, my old self is gone and I'm coming up a new person, living a new way in this relationship based on God's love and God's grace. And then the third thing is this word witness, which oftentimes these days, I feel like it's mostly just used in like legal cases. Uh, And and there's maybe a, a correlation there, but there's this, there's people that see this thing happen. There's people that experience this, that that watch what's happening, and that's such an important piece. I think there's maybe two aspects of it. The first thing is that it, um, that it's a witness for ourselves. Um, I get to remember this experience of my baptism. I get to look back on and remember. No, I made this decision, and I believe that God's grace covers me, that I'm raised into a new life and a new way of being. So there's kind of a personal aspect, but then there's this other aspect for the people that are watching, Uh, people that maybe are your church family that want to be able to celebrate and cheer you on, Uh, people that maybe aren't Christians or don't know where they stand on things, that they are watching and trying to understand, what does this faith really look like, and is this something I can get behind? I know a number of people and maybe some of you have had this experience where um, you didn't want to take a step in your faith or in your uh, spirituality because you didn't feel like you were good enough to take that step. Maybe you didn't want to get baptized because you haven't quite figured everything out yet. Um, And I just, I hate to break it to you, um, but you probably won't figure everything out. Uh, The water won't turn yellow in the sun and you won't solve all of your problems or find yourself good enough to finally get baptized. Baptism is something that Jesus said, I want you to baptize them in my name and then teach them to obey what I've said. Teach them to obey what I've taught. And so there's this aspect of us taking that step. And it's an example, a witness for others. We publicly get to say, I'm committing to follow the way of Jesus, who through his love and grace has saved me. And it's important for others to see this because they know that you're not perfect. And when they see that you're able to take this step, it gives them a sense of hope. Well, maybe I can take a step too. Maybe there's maybe there's hope for me. Maybe I can take a step forward. So there's a few different aspects of this, but obedience, celebration, and then the ability to share that with others are crucial. Um, like I said earlier, I was uh, I was baptized as a child, sprinkled, um, and um, I never really thought anything else of it. When I was 15, my parents split up, and I grew up in North Carolina, um, and. Uh, We moved to California. It was crazy. Um, Everything was crazy. And as a 15-year-old, there was just like so much chaos that I was going through. And I found a church. Um, We lived in the beautiful town of Corona, California. You guys have maybe seen it. It's a little paradise. Um, And uh, I found this church that I started going to this youth group. And um, there was just uh, this awareness that I came to over a few weeks of going that I realized That everything in my life was crazy and unstable except this God that I believed in. I didn't have all the answers, I didn't have it all figured out by any means. But there was this moment where they invited people at this youth night to say, if anybody wants to mark this opportunity and say, I'm living this way, regardless of whatever else is happening around me, regardless of what I might go through or what might happen to me, uh, I'm choosing to live a different way, to mark this moment, to accept the grace, the love, the forgiveness of God, and also the hope and the purpose and the the... The value that God has for each one of us, and I remember standing up and uh, walking to the front and went into the baptismal, and uh, they had someone there that baptized me, and I will always remember that moment. Um, it's not because uh, it was, you know, some special water. It's not because I mean I didn't even know the person that baptized me. It, it wasn't that. It was this moment I'm marking a decision, and in my life when I find these moments where everything feels chaotic and crazy, when I find myself in these times when everything feels like it's spinning and out of control and I don't really know like which direction to go or what to hold on to, I remember that day. I remember that decision. And that's what Paul's saying in this scripture. He's like, don't forget, you were baptized. Don't forget, there was this moment where you made a decision to say, I want to live this way. And the chaos, the pain, the unknown, the whatever it is of life, we get to lean back on this moment where we celebrate this decision of saying, I'm I'm all in. uh, This relationship is based on God's love and grace, not my goodness, and I trust that he can lead me into the future. And I want everyone to be able to have that type of opportunity, that type of moment. And if you've already been baptized, I want you to to have a sense of being reminded of what that means and what that looks like for you. Um, Let's bow our heads and pray together um, as we wrap up this morning. Well, regardless of where you may be at in your faith journey, I believe that everyone has a next step that they can take. If you'd like more information about what it means to put your trust in Jesus, information about getting baptized or maybe even attending a Discover class to grow more in your faith, you can visit us online at southhills.org forward slash Costa Mesa and then scroll down to the next steps section. If you'd like more information about tithing or supporting South Hills financially, you can visit southhills.org forward slash giving. Thanks again for listening today, and I hope that I get to see you soon.